I'm Lauren Lowry, and this is Amstigator, a podcast all about seeking, finding, and living with purpose. People talk about purpose, but no one tells you how to get there. But that's what this podcast addresses, how to find purpose. I interview experts in the field. You'll also hear from people who I call prototypes, whose life is an example of purpose. So on this podcast, we dig into their path and create a community of people in pursuit of purpose. Where do I even begin? Frank Castellano is singular. I've never met anybody like him. I certainly never met a psychic before, so I really had no idea what to expect in 2021 when he came on season one of the podcast. If you didn't listen to that first episode, I would definitely encourage you to go back so you know who we're dealing with here. But Frank is a sixth generation psychic medium with currently a 16-month wait to see him. And it was already foreseen at his birth that he would also have psychic abilities. So his aunt, his mom's sister, who also has abilities, came to live with him from a very young age to help him begin to understand his gifts. And it's a good thing she did, too, because his first psychic event happened when he was barely preschool age. So just, I mean, just imagine. So he needed a lot of guidance with those gifts. Frank tells that story in the season one episode. He also shares how he began working with police agencies and detectives to help solve crimes. And he shares about going into the military and being stationed in the demilitarized zone, the DMZ between North and South Korea. It was a really hard time for him. He battled a lot, spiritually and mentally, but he's been able to find his way back to his abilities in the last 20 years. So that's episode 11 from season one. I recommend it because he talks way more in depth about how his gifts work, and it's really fascinating. I've had people who've even seen him for years for psychic readings tell me, oh my gosh, I had no idea that's what he could do or that's how his gifts work. So it's a, a cool episode. Definitely you should listen to it. But in this episode, episode 24, we delve deeper into spirituality. We start off by talking about how and why he honors the spiritual practices of other groups, even though he was raised in the Christian tradition. We then get into what we're all here to embody and what connection that holds to purpose. Frank and I also talk about what it means to heal a person's energy and how we can all begin to do that on our own. It's an interesting take on what you may have seen people say about energy. Since he heals energy, he can talk in a very specific way about it. And there's also a part where I bring up something I believe to Frank. It's about healing my past by reframing what I've gone through. And I say, I think that's, you know, a part of healing when you can reframe it. And he basically says to me, that's your opinion. And I was like, ooh, tell me more. Do I have this wrong? <laughs> and I love when someone disagrees with the viewpoint I have, especially someone I love, because I get to see things from another person's perspective. And perspective is one of my values, being able to see things from multiple angles to understand what I might be missing. You'll have to listen to that part. It's around 29-ish minutes. And I always appreciate Frank because he has such a simple way to explain concepts that otherwise might be really hard to understand. And I also think in this episode, you'll get an even better idea of why. I've named him the healer. He approaches everyone and every situation with love. His goal is always to bring healing to people. And that really does shine through with how he cares for people. He's just so lovely. I mean, really lovely. And on top of that, anyone who meets him just loves the guy. He has a way of making everything better, making everyone happy, even on their worst day. People love Frank because Frank brings love. His laugh 
has this incredible ability to just clear out negativity in the room. And I know what that sounds like. You're probably like, okay, whatever, Lauren. But I'm just telling you, when you're with him, when he comes into a space, it's like, oh, thank God Frank is here. And on the day we shot Frank's episode, there was two other interviews just before his, where my guests hung around to meet the Frank Castellano and then listen in on our conversation too. But we all hung out around and just talked and sipped wine for a good hour before the episode even started. It's actually the reason this actual interview is less than 45 minutes. It's because we were all having so much fun that time escaped us. But you know what? It was exactly what it needed to be. It was amazing. Even still, though, the conversation is intense and it's wisdom-filled, even in its shortness. Like all conversations with Frank, they are never long enough. But before we get started, if you haven't already, take a minute to review this podcast. If you've been listening on Apple, tell me what you think. Give an honest review. It'll mean so much to me and help others find this important work. If you're listening on Spotify too, go ahead and rate it. After you do that, shoot me an email, lauren at amstigator.com, and I've got something special that I'm going to send you. Okay, who's ready? This is Frank Castellano, The Healer, Part 2. Frank Castellano. At the end of our last interview, mm -hmm. I said, holy crap, we didn't talk about any of the things <laughs> that we were supposed to talk about, yeah. which was so beautiful. We talked about what we needed to talk about at that time. And here's the funny thing. I'm about to kick the can down the road again, because what I wanted to talk to you about and then what I actually am about to talk to you about are different. And okay. so I haven't even told you what I want to talk to you about. So there's intention. There's intention here, and I want to go with you, and I hope that you can almost like... Ooh, what's the word? Translate, what I'm about to try to talk with you about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the lead into all of this. This is gonna be a spiritual question. Yeah. There's something about you that I'm trying to understand, but it's a, it's a question about spirituality in the deeper sense. So when I left you after our last time in December, I got on your social media and I started looking and something that really jumped out to me was your celebration of, of spirituality in lots of cultures. And so it really started getting my, my wheels turning about the resonance of spirituality in the broader sense and how different cultures throughout history have understood it. Mm -hmm. And so here's this very broad question to you to help me begin to define spirituality throughout human history, but also how it translates to today. Right. You feel like you can take that on today? Well, so spirituality, we deem things spiritual and religious simply because they're labels. Certain things are religious, certain things are not. But spirituality is how you approach something. So a dinner can be spiritual. Sitting and having a conversation can be spiritual. These techniques that we've developed, meditation, prayer, uh, humanitarian service, are more conscious actions, conscious tools that we deem as spiritual. But everything is spiritual. And when you stop and look at all the different religions that, you know, have these things like Halloween and Day of the Dead and where they, they're very separate cultures, there's a consciousness that was received during this time the veil is thin, even hmm. if they were continents apart. So there's a truth that we're getting 
we insert it into religion, we take it out and individualize it as spiritual, that everything is spiritual. Hmm. So when you start to celebrate life, you're really celebrating love in action. That's so interesting. Well, how far have we gotten away from thinking life is spiritual? Pretty far, I think, right? I think we are getting to the point where we are remembering more. There are people that are saying, you know, hell is not actually worse than war. War is worse than hell. Hell, people that go to hell, quote unquote, which I don't believe, are people that are supposed to, sinners. But in war, there's all these innocent, innocent lives that don't deserve this. So people are starting to extract this wisdom, hmm. starting to see things in the normal day-to-day -day life with race and with religion and how we treat each other. So we're remembering more. It can seem, because of the state of the world, that sometimes we're disconnecting more. But I think that we're actually doing this more. Hmm. I want to talk about that, that veil you're talking about on certain days where someone has received something in certain cultures at certain times along mm -hmm. the way that the, maybe the veil is thinner at that time. So am I understanding that like something that maybe in, in Celtic culture that they received, I don't know, in 1302, right. you know, that someone within that culture received and then they began to celebrate that day. Is that something that even though culturally I might not be that, but I could honor that time oh, and yeah. honor that spiritual... Uh, reception, I suppose? I think that we are looking at stuff like burning white sage. And we do this to clear a space. We also have to be very respectful and get that from indigenous sources and make sure that we have respect to it uh, because it is a, a spiritual practice. We receive things spiritually all the time. So when we honor something and we celebrate it, we connect to that energy. I think when we talk about purpose, purpose is understanding both why I'm here and what my intention is, living with purpose and actually doing something intentionally. So when you start to look at the rhythms of nature and the rhythms of life and you intentionally tune into them, they start to wake you up. You start to get woken up spiritually, emotionally, you know, just your whole being. Yeah. And I, I, it's interesting because I think, you know, so many of us, certainly because we're in the American Christian South, right? We're in Nashville. Um, <laughs> it's like part of the buckle of the Bible Belt, oh, right? Yeah. Um, Christianity is so very much a part, certainly of, of my upbringing and then the upbringing of hundreds of thousands of people around me in this town. Mm -hmm. And so just almost the idea even of beginning to acknowledge spirituality in any other culture or any other religion feels very provocative. Oh yeah. Um, how do you begin to address that or help someone awaken to the a mere idea that there is good and spirituality in some other practice other than maybe how you were raised? I would say the tenets that Christ left us with, love everyone, love your neighbor, love your enemy. He didn't necessarily say love yourself. He said, love all these other people, love the external. And so we have to define what is love. It's curiosity. Love is finding honor, finding light, finding beauty and other things. So I can still be a Christian and say, I'm going to celebrate and honor, even though I'm not Jewish, uh, Passover 
or Purim or Holi, which is a Hindu festival that's going on right now. Ostara, which is the vernal equinox that's happening tomorrow. I can still honor them respectfully, but when I do that, because I'm approaching it with a sense of love, I open up to, to the beauty of it, to the message that it has for me. Hmm. That's what living in purpose is, living in love. Yeah, I feel like there's so much hate that's come over the years mm -hmm. of uh, between different religions, right? I mean, like, you'd be lying to say that we didn't have that, especially oh, yeah. what's happened in the last 20, 30 years uh, on the other side of the world and how Americans have become involved. And and certainly you were even involved too when I think about your time in the DMZ. Like Absolutely. you were involved uh, in the military, living in a place that was, uh, you know, just a really wounded part of the earth, mm -hmm. you know, with a totally different culture than your own. Um, and I think we've allowed ourselves to introduce hate into that. How do we backtrack from hate and begin to then again come from something, a place of respect, a place of, of love, and begin to respect other people, other cultures. Well, the first step is take a, take a break. Take a breath, take a minute before you act. We are very quick to do things. When you take a breath, you can get some clarity. The other thing is you have to ask yourself, is when I'm doing my truth? And I'll give you an example. I was scrolling through TikTok about two, three weeks ago. <laughs> And there was a video that said, we as BIPOC don't have to, I don't feel like we as BIPOC, it's not our job to educate white people. I normally don't respond, but I did. And I said, respectfully, I disagree. I believe that it is our job to educate. So I have a better perspective as a person of color, as a first-generation American, as a gay man. Now, it went back and forth. And I started to feel like, I need to defend. You can build tension, anger, animosity, hate, when you need to defend. And you only need to defend when you lose your truth. And I went back and forth and I thought, am I trying to convince somebody, or am I standing in my truth? Because it's really about intention. Purpose is about living with intention and remembering what your intention is. Now, they didn't change my mind. I wasn't trying to change anybody else's mind, but my intention was to speak my truth, and that's it. When you do that, you find peace. So when we start to understand anger and animosity and tension, what is our intention? Am I trying to prove myself? Am I trying to show some muscle? Or am I just speaking my truth? Hmm. Because can we really educate anybody else? Not really. We can provide the information. We can tell you our perspective. But whether you want to receive that or not, that's up to you. I've done that with my own family being gay. I, I will say, here's how fabulous my life is. <laughs> and when it's not. Whether they want to take that information or not, that's up to them. Yeah. You know, it's really about us. Yeah, a lot of that feels like embodiment, right? And I know embodiment is something you talk about a lot. Um, I know from the very first time you and I ever spoke on the phone when a friend said, you really need to interview Frank Castellano. And I was like, I don't know who this man is, but I'll talk to him. And, <laughs> and we'll see if there's some alignment there on what, like, what we both understand as interesting or truthful. And, right. and I remember from that very first phone call, you said to me, you know, em 
embodiment. Purpose is embodiment. Like I know you believe that we're all here to embody something. And so, mm-hmm. you know, even in that like witty repartee, maybe there was also embodiment of what it is that you're here to do. Oh, absolutely. Because what it taught me was where are you, Frank? You're, you're, it's changing who you are. This interaction you're allowing to change who you are. They're not trying to do anything. Mm. And I had to step back and go, I just want to refocus who I am. I did a sermon at a church a few weeks ago, and I talked about love being sort of like a rainbow, a spectrum. We know that love is the answer for everyone. We know that that's the purpose of people here. But love can be curiosity. It can be boundaries. Love can be showing strength, your own internal strength. Love can also be allowance and compassion. So it's sort of this spectrum. Hmm. So each person comes in and they have this, I can be compassionate. I can also be angry and selfish. And I have to temper that and be mindful about that. So how do we change the world? Take a breath, be aware. Take a moment for a second and kind of gauge where your energy is. I know like as a as a as a broadcaster speed speed of response is like very important and so just even the idea of taking a moment to like breathe give dead air you know is almost like not allowed you know and I feel like the older I the older I get the more it's like there is value in taking a moment, you know, I don't have to be the fastest or the first to respond. Yeah. Um, and I almost feel like too, is that a sign of wisdom? You know, when a person needs or even acknowledges that they need time. Well, I would say know? so. When we are in the physical world, the physical world is demanding. Pain is demanding. So if you scratch yourself, your skin is going to welt because it demands attention. So the physical world demands attention. But when you give it and give it and give it, you're gonna get depleted. So -hmm. you gotta get nourished somewhere, whether it's church or whether it's your friends. And that will only nourish you to a point. You have to get internally nourished. You have to spend time with yourself. You have to recalibrate. You can go into realty and people can go, my purpose is to be a real estate agent. Awesome, I'm gonna go into all these houses. And you can do it and it can be amazing and then it'll do this. But purpose can't be physical, right? Purpose is, is a spiritual, uh, oh, I mean, it, embodiment's a great word for it. You know, it just, it's so much deeper, which is the, it's the naming convention of all of these episodes that I do. It's not the label. Right. No one's ever gonna have like the letters behind their name or the label of like, hey, I'm Lauren Lowry, I'm a news anchor. Like that's never gonna be the title. Mm-hmm. It's not, yours is not gonna be the medium mm-hmm. because your purpose is so much deeper than the gift, right. right? So like my physical gift is one thing, but like what I'm here to do with those gifts, that's the deeper part. That's that's the that's, that's it that's yes. the purpose yes that's what we are here to share that's what the way that we are going to help the world is by sharing and by piecing things back together one of your guests had mentioned something about this wall and i am not going to mention it because i'm going to do it such a disservice cuz i don't know the name she did Kitsugi. amazing thank you Japanese artistry. (laughs) And, but we are here to fuse together our broken pieces. And we do this by sharing. 
what happens is we find outlets like social media and we share and then we give value to our response. Do people like what I said? Are people mm. pushing against it? Your job is to share your love. That's it. Your purpose is to just be your authentic self. Leave it at that. Most of the time when I post something on social media, I don't even like the comments. You don't I really, look. <laughs> I really should. I really should respond. People are like, are you there? Are you reading this? But my job is to just share my truth. That's yeah. my purpose. Yeah. And I, I wonder too, you know, when people, when people come to you, you know, if, if someone, again, like speaking from my own experience, growing up in a very religious home, very, very Christian, very like lots of boundaries, like lots of rules, <laughs> you know, and like trying to like, uh, you know, venture out into the world and, and be a woman that can begin to create my own rules. Like that whole process has been like, a very much of a learning process when you've mm -hmm. been raised in an area that's like, like, here's what we do, you know? A very, very, very <laughs> basic, like, this is it, black and white, right? So like, how do I find my way in that? Um, and I feel like a lot of people have that too. So I wonder, um, you know, when someone says, I'm gonna go see a psychic, mm -hmm. have the reasons that people have come to see you in the last, recent past has that changed or is it has it always been the same no it's from my perspective things have changed because i've changed 20 years ago my most commonly asked question and not to shame anybody was when is my boyfriend gonna leave his wife that was a really? very common question what has shifted within me is my own growth. And I guess by law of attraction, if you will, I've attracted people that want to dig more. So now I have people that are coming in and going, I've done this and it fulfilled me to this point and I've done this, what am I missing? Mm -hmm. What do I need to heal? What is my purpose? But I believe much of it has to do with, I'm drawing things in for my experience they're drawing things in for their experience. And at a vibration, we are connecting. And that's the thing that yeah, has shifted. Yeah. So do people come asking about purpose? Like, do they use those words, I need to know my purpose, or is there something else they say? I need to know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. I need to know why I'm not happy. Mm. Now, I do have, if, if I run into, I'm not a therapist, and I do, I made a post on social media letting people know I'm not a life coach, I'm not a therapist, that's not what I do, I'm a psychic medium. I want to, you know, clear those boundaries. But I do have people that if I know that there's something psychological, that's not my area yeah, and expertise. Yeah, and you say you need to see someone. Right, and I refer them out. But there are people that come and go, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling off kilter, I'm feeling empty, what's going on? And we start talking about their energetics first before we go into and this is why you feel this here's what's going on oh yeah so I, and that's another space that you and i have not even talked about and actually none of my guests have explored and so i'm interested in exploring energetics with you it's a space i know nothing about mm -hmm. so so begin to explain energetics what what is that so let's say that god is white light let's use god as pure white light we live in the third dimension. Physics tells us this, that things can be measured, height, length, and width, right? So, like a prism. 
So white light goes into a prism and it breaks down into a rainbow. Now, one thing that we know is the nanometers, the energy of the white light and the energy of the rainbow doesn't actually change. Same amount of energy. The only difference is one is focused and one is diffused. So as white light comes in through the third dimension, like a prism, it breaks into a rainbow. That is our energetic system. So we come in having an, a, a chakra system. This comes from Tantric Hinduism, and that manifests our aura. Now, everything else, our body, uh, the furniture, our relationships, relate to what's going on energetically. Most people will say, change your thoughts, change your emotions, and change your energy. But we're energy first. So you oh. got to heal your aura. You got to unblock those chakras. You got to do what comes up when you do that. The emotional work, the mental work. Hell, Frank. I, don't, I mean, where does someone even start to do that? Meditation. <laughs> <laughs> really? So sit with yourself? So all sit the people with like with, that have, gosh, wild self-loathing? I mean, what do you... Where does that even begin? There's a part of us. Come to step one. Like, there's, bring us back to step one. There's always <laughs> a part of us that is going to say that's going to call to us. That's our intuition. God gave us an insurance policy, and that's your intuition. Can't fail. You got a voice within you that's always going to be talking to you. So no matter how much negative self-talk and how much trauma you go through, you got a piece of you inside you, a diamond that loves you. Mm. You just got to chip around that and mm. open it up. And you start by, what are you noticing? Yeah. I'm noticing that I'm drinking a little bit more. Mm. I'm noticing that I'm not calling people back and not reaching out. Mm. And are you willing to change that? And yeah. that's the big question. Yeah. What are you willing to change? How, I mean, how important are questions? How important is that? Oh, like, yeah. I feel like questions are everything, right? The beauty of it is you don't even need an answer. A question oh. is going to lead you to another question. It's going to oh. lead you to another question. Am I asking the right questions? Wow. I, it's, this is just really interesting to me because just yesterday, actually, um, I was being interviewed, right? Like, it's very odd for me to be interviewed. I'm always the one asking the questions. <laughs> How so, did that feel? Um, a really beautiful, actually, because it was a person who asked the right questions. <laughs> right. It was a per someone who asked the questions the that right mattered. Questions. And so, you know, it, it was it was good. But one of the questions he asked me was, by the end of the interview, he almost like kind of stopped me in a, in a, in a statement I was making. And he said, what is your self-talk? And I said, Whoa. I know, and I think it, it was something that just popped into him because of what I was saying. He said, what, are you, what is your self-talk? And I said, questions. And he told me after that, he said, I'd never heard anyone say that. He said, I'm actually writing a book on self-talk. <laughs> and he's like, no one's ever said their self-talk is questions. And I was like, really? And then I really, just in the last 24 hours, so I've been thinking, does no one ask themselves questions or is, is questions more indicative of where I am on my journey and my path? I would and I don't say, know. It, you know, from my perspective, it's a level of awareness because most of us, our self-talk is about safety. It oh. is, um, I have to do this. I have to prepare this. I have to make sure that I'm safe. I have to, you know, don't trust this person. Eventually, what we get to a place where we have an opening, when we are like, this is not enough. I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling something has to yeah, shift. Fulfilled. And when you do that, you open up that door to the questions. So something within you shifted. 
and that's beautiful. I think that we don't celebrate ourselves enough. We judge ourselves to oh, God's no end, you know, but we have got to celebrate ourselves and allow ourselves to be like, you did amazing work. Good for you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I love that. Do you ever celebrate yourself? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does celebration for Frank Castellano look like? I like to take my time. I'm very selfish with my time. So I like to spend time with things that I enjoy. If I don't enjoy something, I'll say, all right, I got to go. See you later. And I make no excuses. I'm very good with boundaries. And I like to take time to listen. Yeah. I listen without distraction, you know, in the shower or when I'm sitting in my office. Or I like to really just listen. Well, I mean, and, and listening is very important for you because it's part of your gift, right? I mean, that's like one of, one of the many things that you hear. And yeah. then when it gets really loud, then I make noise. Yeah. Or turn on, like, turn on something to distract yeah. the noise. And if people, I'm like, mm. if anyone's listening to this, just go to the healer part one and you'll understand, <laughs> like, how Frank's gifts work. Um, I, I want to ask you another question because I, I just find this very interesting. Um, you also are someone who really celebrates astrology. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like, is that also kind of going back to the conversation we were having earlier about, like, these cultural... Uh, understandings of spirituality, this cultural time when like the veil was very thin, is astrology and different cultures awareness of astrology similar in that way? I mean, is astrology fully spiritual to you or is it something else? It's, it's, it's fully spiritual, but it's very normal as well. Because astrology, we see astrology as reading the stars to influence our lives. But the sky has always influenced us. When it's cloudy, we tend to want to, you know, get some more comfort. We want to, you know, relax more. When it's sunny, I want to go and I want to do this and do that. And during the full moon, I want to go and hunt and go fishing for a certain. So the sky has always affected us. We just think of astrology as a separate science of the sky, but it really isn't. Mm -hmm. The thing with astrology that I've come to understand is, am I willing to change my beliefs? Because I like to make things make sense. Something has to make sense to me for it to be true. And traditional astrology, and now studying astronomy, they're very different. Hmm. The stars have moved. The 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 ecliptic of how the sun moves through the constellations, it's not the same. So I've had to adopt my own form of astrology, hmm. which pushes against, am I willing to change my beliefs? When we talk about purpose, the reason why we don't push further into purpose is we don't want to change our beliefs. Mm. How are people going to see me? Yeah. How are, what are people going to think about if I change jobs or if I do this or I'm not with this person? So for me, the study of astrology wasn't just about the movement of planets or the asteroids like Pallas and Chiron, but also about a deeper understanding on what have I integrated and what is true for me now. But the sky has always affected us. It affects us now. People watch meteorology, meteorologists, <laughs> meteorologists, like word. nobody's business. I know. It is the number one reason people tune into local news, just so you know, is the weather. Like, yeah. The, the research has borne that out for decades. Mm -hmm. People watch for the weather. And That's so they go there. It, it, we know that it affects us. We just think of that and astrology are, as two totally different things. And when we start to understand purpose, 
purpose is never disconnected. So when we start disconnecting things, mm. we start to move further away from purpose. Okay, so I'm hearing reconnection. Like maybe all of these things together is not, it, it, it's not anything new or different. It's the reconnection of things and the, re, re, it's all the re's. It's, it's the, the reconnection, the remembering, right? The realignment of things that have always been, we've just chosen to disconnect them. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful because in our choosing to disconnect, there's learning. When I lose myself, I learn why I lost myself. If I disconnect, I'll go, oh, it's because I'm learning boundaries. And thank you for teaching me that. I don't believe in toxic people. I believe in toxic combinations. Frank being the president of the United States would be a horrible, horrible choice. Sounds great to me. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> that was really bad. You know, but it teaches you when you're in a toxic combination, did I lose myself to power? Did I lose myself to others' expectations? It's in the disconnecting that we remember. And that's beautiful. That's oh. the exciting part. Okay, hold on. Let's dig into this because I've been ex I've been in an extremely toxic situation before where I had to make major change, like move to another state, major change because of the toxicity. Well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I am here because of a toxic situation. You mm -hmm. know, uh, in in like an effort to escape it. So so help me really understand because I side note I feel like full-on transformation cannot fully happen until you are able to reframe past. Mm -hmm. And then when you're able to reframe past, you get to this point where you're like, I've, I've done it. I've done it. Now can I, I can move forward with this newly evolved like understanding of purpose and self and all of these things. So like if toxic, help me understand your, your so, view of toxicity. Well, let me say real quick. When you say, I can't fully go full circle until I reframe past. That's your belief. Is that true? It's true to you. But what you it? have What's created true to you? You just let it go. Okay. If you don't like it, you just let it go. All right. Now, if you feel, there are some people that go, I really feel like I can't let something go until I reconnect with this person, have this conversation. But spirit is always gonna say, I love you. Have a great time. Don't be a dick to anybody else. You know, like, so if you want to, if you want to hold on to it, then that's great. But it's just a belief. So okay. when you say reframe the past, there's work around what does that look like for you? Mm. What is reframing the past? Does that mm. mean that I have to uh, have another situation to so that I can do the oh. same things or do different things. So there's clarity that needs to be done around that beautiful belief, yeah. but it is a belief yeah. because is it true? It's true for you. Well, and then, I mean, I'm almost feeling like what you're saying is that takes energy and do you really want to spend your energy there? You could just let it go and spend your energy creating something more beautiful than that. Before this interview, we talked about letting it go. <laughs> Today is another beautiful day. And whatever happened yesterday and the day before and the day before that and the day before that happened. And what's going yeah. on tomorrow hasn't happened yet. It's interesting that you would take that view mainly because um, one of your gifts is connecting people to people <laughs> who have passed. I know. Right? And so a lot of people want closure. Or maybe they get closure not even knowing that they needed that kind of healing and closure. And they come to you and they're like, oh, you just healed something in me that I didn't know needed to be healed. So it's interesting for you to say, like, just to hear you say, like, let it go. Oh yeah, I live, my whole day is spent living in the past, in people's past, and in their futures. Mm. 
Hmm. And sometimes that's beautiful. And sometimes it's exhausting. Yeah, I bet. But that's my whole life. What I've come to find out through understanding those time dynamics is that spirit will always come through telling you their story. Here is why I acted this way. Mm. So I'm sorry, I love you, please liberate yourself now. Oh. Please be okay. Know that I'm, I wasn't the person that I needed to be for you, but that doesn't affect you anymore, let it go. Let it go. You can just let it go. It's interesting that you live in other people's past and future. So like, how does that affect your present? Like you must have such a very important, no, no wonder you have such very important boundaries and like centering practices because you, you, those are your, those are other people's things. They're not your things. Mm -hmm. Like you are still a, this is the other thing that I've had to wrap my mind around about you is like, there's so much spiritual things that happen with you. So for me to perceive you as like a, human in this space here and now. I'm like, you are a cosmic being that's in this like space-time continuum. We are like, all I, cosmic beings. I know, like, it's like a lot for me to wrap my mind around because I think of you and I just always have to remember like, you're still like, you have human emotions. I, and maybe that's a weird thing to say, well, and but it's I have part to, of like how I understand you. I have to monitor that. I, um, when we start looking at our designs, our human design, our gene keys, our Enneagram type, they'll start to give us insight as to what one of the things that we're here to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm an eight on the Enneagram and most people are very that surprised. That surprises me, that surprises me. Because they're like, you are not this, and it's taking me a lot of work to get here because I was that energy. But I've adopted that personality, that energy in this lifetime to help me with boundaries so that I can walk into a space, do the work that I need to do and not adopt it. So oftentimes mm. we think of things as uh, we need to work through something and we do. And also you also have something as a gift. I may be a cancer mm. as a gift or a sidereal Gemini mm. as a gift or a manifester, 5-1 manifester as a gift, you know? so. The universe is always going to tell you what you're here to do and what you're here to learn so that you can embody that. Yeah. I, I do feel like I am personally on this time of like realizing how much of our of our lives are impacted by the earth around us. And, and we as much as we want to like think that we're not, I mean, it's just over and over and over again, there's things that are reinforced. Like mm -hmm. here, here's an example for this. So like my husband grew up on this got hundreds of acres of a tobacco farm in South Carolina in the middle of nowhere, I'm right? Beautiful. I was beautiful and like, and I, it's funny cause I find I crave being on that land more than he does. And I'm like, <laughs> I grew up in like suburbia and I'm like, my soul needs to be on that land. I just need to walk your dad's trails. So he's like done all these trails through all that land. And, um, but, but one of the things that like blew my mind was a handful of years ago, his dad, who's always been a farmer, he's always been a farmer, he's in his seventies now. And he told me, he said, Lauren, I, I keep a journal. Um, and over the years I've realized I can only plant this seed, this seed and this seed on the full moon. And I was like, biodynamic gardening. <laughs> I was like, what? wait, what? You know? And in my mind, like that was the first time I'd ever heard anyone say anything of like working with the land. I mean, this probably, I don't know, seven years ago, oh, six, yeah. seven years ago, it was literally, cause like in my mind it was, oh no, no, no. We've, we've evolved past that. We've, we've figured out how to manipulate the earth. We do now. And then 
more and more ever since then, there's been like time after time after time that I'm like, no, 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 we're not in control of this. Mm. There's a science behind it. I think that spirituality and science are actually talking about the same thing. Science tells us that we are all one. Uh, there's a, Einstein had this field of uh, relativity and what he wanted to explain was is there a place where we all connect? Do all dimensions connect in at one particle or at one time? Well, spirituality says the same thing. God connects us all no matter who or where you are. And in a sense, you put something on social media and it's gonna be there to anyone at any time at any place who has access to that. But there's a science to you plant something the full moon affects the water, affects the absorption. And when we listen to nature, to our own nature, mm -hmm. not necessarily to our ego nature, but to our spiritual nature, it's gonna wake you up. Because there's a cycle to things. Wow. There's a rhythm to yeah. things. Yeah, I'll never forget, Like a, there was a very specific point um, at, how old was I? I think I was 22 or 23, and it was a, I was in a terrible work situation. Let me just tell you, this is a theme across <laughs> across my professional life. It's like, looks like everything, cause like I'm in this field, right? Where everything has to appear like everything's okay, but like whatever happens behind the scenes, nobody cares, right? But in this like professional time, like behind the scenes, everything was terrible. Yeah. And I remember my husband, who he was not my husband at the time, he was my boyfriend at the time. And because he'd grown up on this farm and because he'd grown up with his hands in the dirt, um, he taught me how to plant vegetables. Now, please, like, this I is love so that. this is so simple, right? And I will never forget being in his backyard, being like 22, and he's like, "We're gonna plant vegetables," and like it was a time in my life where life was terrible, mm. but I kept looking at these seeds, and I was like, "You put this truly." I'm like, "You put the seeds in the dirt, you water the seeds, and it grows," and I'm like. It's so simple. There's a divine potential there. There's a miracle. This is a miracle. And it was like this thing over and over again because I kept saying like, I am planting seeds in what I'm doing and nothing's coming back. And so like professionally, it felt like it's all wrong. This is all wrong. I can look and I felt real grounding and truth in looking at this like, here's a seed, here's the dirt, it grows, it nourishes. And I kept saying that to myself, like, this is real. What's going on with me in this like real physical sense is not real. <laughs> it's real, but it's, this is not real it's life. Not. This is not real life. And so like, it's beautiful to like hear how the earth, us and the earth, like we can have this mm -hmm. cyclical, beautiful giving and receiving uh, understanding that to support life. Well, and right now I think we're in an intense time uh, from an astrological sense, Pluto did a return. What that means is uh, Pluto was in, was in its original position, came back to its original position when America was created. July 4th, 1776, Philadelphia. They signed everything. The sun sign of, of America is a cancer. And so Pluto made its return, which means major transformation. We're in the year of the water tiger in Chinese astrology. So it's very volatile. And one of the things that I tell people is in volatil volatility, when we are not feeling good, most of the time we want our mamas. Most of the time we and want what to is go cancer? see mom. Cancer is like mother. It's mother, mother energy. Yeah. And so oftentimes when things are bad, 
go outside, get into the dirt. The dirt Mother is Earth. your mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So there's a, there, there are these divine potentials within us mm. and this wiring that knows what to do. Oh. We just resist it because we, go, we have judgment around it. What oh. are people going to think when I'm out there yeah. planting stuff? I'm not supposed to be doing that. Yadi, mm. it's not successful. We have these judgments. Yeah, I've, I heard someone say before, actually it was, a, it was a past guest in season one. She had told me like when I have a hard day, she's like, I go home. I take my shoes off and I just walk around. She's like, why do you, you know, oh, I need yeah. to feel the earth. And she said, why do you think we love the beach so much? You know, people are barefoot on the sand. Like it's the only time we're connecting to earth. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'd never thought of it that way. And so, I mean, it's interesting to think of that. Like you have a bad day. All right, let's try something else. Let's maybe don't open the bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. What if you go outside and just walk around or sit or lay? Lay in the grass, like connect to the earth. That's in- what an interesting idea. In, in ener- body energetics, your feet represent spiritual understanding because mm. they're they stand under you, they connect you to the ground. Feet are sacred. It was this whole, you know, Moses, take off your shoes. This mm-hmm. is sacred ground. And Jesus, I mean, God, who was it? Mary, who Mary like and Martha washed his, his feet. feet. So feet represent understanding. So when you are not in your right place. Mm. Take your shoes off, go for a walk, go outside. <sighs> it doesn't even have to be outside. You can do it in your condo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Frank, Isn't I love amazing? it. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else that you feel like you would need to share today that, that, that needs to be said? I would say you're never off your wrong, your, your, your right path. That can never oh. happen. You are always where you are supposed to be. Sometimes that feels great when you win the lottery. It's amazing. <laughs> this is supposed to happen. When you're going through a breakup, when you're going through grief, when you're going through death, doesn't feel that great. But there's a process out there, a divine process where you can't really F up at all. Mm-hmm. And I would say the other thing is purpose is both a noun and a verb. It is how you do something. You do it with purpose. You do it with intention. And it's also what you're looking for. It's our driving force to understand ourselves. So if you start to understand, I'm where I'm supposed to be, but I also don't feel purpose, okay. Then there's a missing piece because I'm where I'm supposed to be, but I don't feel purpose, but everything is purposeful. So what am I not asking? Yeah, what questions. Am I not? Questions. Yeah. Because you're always where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purpose is in the present moment. Frank Castellano. <laughs> I just love Thank you. Thank you for having me. I just love you. I mean, maybe we'll do part three next. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving me Thank a hug. Thank you. <laughs> oh. You're the best. I love how Frank ended with that. You are never off your right path. You can never mess it up. You're always where you're supposed to be. It's such a great reminder that every step of your journey is part of what gets you to where you need to be. So if there's a point where, I mean, who am I kidding? When there's a point where you're like, why am I here? What am I doing? Maybe take a different approach to your line of questioning. You need to change your perspective. And I have questions to get you thinking differently right now. And it's sitting in your inbox. If you don't already get emails from me, every week I send an email on the day the newest podcast is released. And in that email, I send out bonus content too. It's journal and thought prompts, extra exercises from the expert I interviewed that week, 
It's different each week, and it always goes along with the episode. So if you want to see what I sent today, email me at lauren at amstigator.com, and I'll send it right along to you. Coming up next week, I've got Kirby Miller joining me. She fills people up physically and spiritually. She brings deep conversations into culinary experiences. It started with her degrees in biology, chemistry, and informatics. But food, she found, is an equalizer. Her life changed a few years ago when her mom got into a major car accident. And now Kirby is her mom's primary caretaker. So she's balancing entrepreneurship and full-time caregiving. And it's another great episode you're going to have here on Amstigator. So thanks as always for joining me. Don't forget to shine your light and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry and this is Amstigator. Amstigator.